Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to the latest episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. Mark, it's been a big week. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's been a huge week, Matty, but I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, even though the, the Steelers lost and I think a lot of Steelers fans out there, um, it's the end of the world for them. And, you know, they we're thinking we're not going to win Super Bowl. We're not going to win the next four in a row. Um, the Steelers on a on a crash course and they're just going to keep losing. But I think we need to, you know, lift their heads up eye and, and just really think that we have the bills coming up and there's there's no need to worry. Like, we're still 11-1. and one. And like I said in, into the chat to someone the other day, um, we're not 1-11. and 11. Like, it's this is just an amazing journey for me. And I don't know about yourself, but... Um, I've never, we've never seen the, the, a team level one like this. Like we still have a great team. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And look, today, the title of today's show is paying the bills back for last year's color rush loss. Now we'll get into a bit of that into part two, but before we start to pay the bill this week or pay out on the bills, we got to, we got to cover the the loss that we, that we caught last week to that hip pocket. Um, so, you know, as you said there, Mark, there's been a lot of discussion this week. Steelers' first loss of the season. It's come in week 13. You know, I think if if, if Steelers fans take a step back, and I guess there's always a level of pessimism out there. And, and you know, when we look at it on the face of it, I think often when we have a chat, you know, you're a lot more positive than I can be on things. And I can be quite critical because of the analytical um, perspectives that I try and bring to the table. That doesn't mean that I, not in my heart of hearts, I'm wanting the Steelers to win every single week and I don't believe in them no matter what. Like I was still watching, you know, even though um, that Bostic got that, or Bostic, however you want to pronounce it, got that interception. But what I will mean is that if, if we scale back to the start of the season, if you had told any Steelers fan, you know what, 11 and 1, that's what the Steelers, gonna, that's what the Steelers are going to be. I don't, I don't think most people would have accepted that. Not after Baltimore 14 and 2 last year. Like, still, even with Ben back, people might have gone, you know, 8 and 3, you know, 9 and 2, even maybe 7 and 4. But people weren't going to go 11 and 1, you know. You know no, not at all. It's, it's, it's a great place to be. Like, we've only had one loss. Uh, and I think it, it's pleased a lot of fans, Steeler fans out there saying we have to get a loss. Uh, which I don't believe in. I, I believe you play every game to win. You play every game hard. You turn it the best you can. But, yeah, and, and no, no. I, fundamentally, I agree with you. But I feel like they deserve this loss. I feel like there's been play for several weeks leading up to yes. this. So there's a difference between, like, and that's what I think, I'm not sure whether there's some, some fans out there that are sitting there going, well, we needed to cop that loss. I think we needed to cop that loss purely because we'd had such poor play up until now. And I would have hated that we, you know, we ride on a few more weeks and then it comes to the the battle for the number one scene, or let's say we rode it more and it's the first week of the playoffs and suddenly we're bundled out week one. So I never want them to lose a game, but I did feel that they needed to take, take some responsibility because the form over consecutive weeks just kept getting worse and worse. Now, I would have rather them to snap out of it by training. We know everything was shifted around with the Ravens and COVID-19, but I feel like they were headed for a loss. Yeah, I agree that with, with that as well, Matty. Like, I think with the Baltimore game, we, we may have not uh, won that game as well. However, th- the reality is we, we did win. And I think that with this team, uh, with Washington versus the Steelers, they both 
played a pretty similar game, except like the, the, the both teams could not run the football um, at all. Um, and I felt that Washington just made bigger plays at bigger times. And we know on our Steelers, which we've been talking about through the whole week, is the Steelers just couldn't catch the ball. So that's where the loss lies. Um, like, I, I, I remember watching the game, and I haven't watched the game because I've never watched losses. Um, but I remember seeing we're up 14-0. I thought, oh, this is great. A great opportunity, 14-0. Where we're going to win. We're going to smash them. And the whole debacle of um, Alex Smith, and he took the ball home, and no one could play. But the same similar thing the week prior with uh, Vincenzo Williams when he laid on the pile. So those things kind of even out, right? Um, hey, look, I, I, I don't think, I don't think we'll lose too many. I think a lot of Steelers fans are thinking we're not even going to have a chance in the playoffs. We're one and done because we can't fix these issues. But we still have a great team. They're just going to work a few things out. Getting Connor back and running that ball. It's going to help. Getting uh, Pouncey back as well is going to help. And, and the receivers just got to go back to fundamentals, catch the ball, and then move forward. But what they're doing and what DJ and Ebron are doing, uh, trying to be fancy before they catch it, and it's just not working. You've got to catch it, put it into your chest, and then, and then move forward. 100%. 100% agree with you. And, and you're so right. You know, when we talk about rushing, the rushing of the football – Washington had 45 yards on the day and Pittsburgh had 21. Like no yeah. team even got 60 yards. I mean, well below both their averages there. So yeah, a, a pretty average performance from that perspective. Well, and put it this way, man, there was a, there was a points, the points where Alex Smith went down the field. I think it was uh, three catches and they were in the end zone for a TD, like something. And that was, that might've been when um, Spillane went down. I'm not too sure from memory, but they moved the ball so fast and then they scored and then it was like it was a close game and then on both sides again nobody could run the football um so yeah it's just like yeah the Washington football team showed up and we said this we we both agreed last week that this was a team to not take lightly um but however this gives us a big ammunition for the Bills game which I said last week as, as well that I think the Steelers will come out hot because of this of this loss that's yeah 100 100% and, and I think well, we, when we talked last week, we talked about the fact that, yes, there was Terry McLaurin. Um, yes, you know, we talked about Joe Thomas as well and the value that Joe Thomas, you know, brings to that team. And we talked about their running backs. And, you know, their running backs, you know, Gibson's having a great year. But when we look at J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber, they're not, they're not the best running backs in the league. But they found a way, and, and, and it was talked about really well in the Know Your Enemy show. I think it was part one of their show this week. What they were able to do, you know, and, and run those under routes and what have you, they were able to really cost the Steelers there. And and this is the sort of game when we talk about the loss of like a Devin Bush, and I, and I know we've talked about that several times, so it's not like we're trying to harp on about that. He's not coming back this year. But that's, when we look at the way the Steelers' defense is built, they're built to have an inside linebacker like Devin Bush. And this is the sort of game you see the problem, I guess, in the, and the challenge that he's trying to fit, fill that role when he's not around. Um, and equally, you know, Steelers fans are down on that. When we do get him back next season and, you know, next season's for next season, but, you know, we've got an ability to stop that. Um, what I do think makes a bit of an issue this week, though, because it looks like Robert Spillane's not out. I'm um, sorry, will be out of the game, not able to play. You know, we saw, so as always, still listeners, you know, we, we're recording on a Friday night. We come to you live on your Saturday morning. As far as we're aware at the moment, Vincenzo's on the COVID list. He's not going to be playing this week. 
So suddenly we're very thin at that inside linebacker position. Well, yeah, you've only got uh, Marcus Allen and I believe uh, Williamson uh, that, that might fill in for those two roles. So, And that's what happened in the Washington game. As soon as uh, Spilly went out, and he had a great sack. He had a great sack on Alex Smith, didn't he? Do you remember seeing that one? Yeah, he definitely. He lit him up like a, like a tree, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he came up through that line and went, Getting your Christmas Pow. on. Getting your Christmas <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, it's getting close. It's getting close. It's almost New Year as well. No, but he, he lit him up, and that's what happened. When, when Spilly went down, uh, the whole game kind of changed, and they, they took advantage of the middle of the field. And they they, they um, spread our linebackers outside a bit more, and, and Smith was passing the ball faster. And they just got the, uh, the the better advantage over us. You know, one thing, though, we talked a little bit last week about their defensive front, you know, the defensive line, that linebacking core, and how good they're doing. And, you know, they were second in the league against, um, you know, in, in sacks compared to Pittsburgh. I thought the offensive line, like, I know it's chalk and cheese at the moment between the run game mm. and the pass game with the offensive line. But credit where credit's due. Um, I didn't think they got the best grade in the post-game show. There were four and a half tackles for a loss from the Washington defensive unit and no sacks. Whereas the Pittsburgh Steelers, three sacks, as we saw, like great sacks from, as you just said, Spillane to it. That one from TJ Watt was at an absolute critical moment. Like if they'd won that game, you could call it back to that sack. And that was at a key moment um, as he was sort of going for that strip sack. But we also had seven and a half tackles for a loss. And, and I just wanted to reflect on that because equally we had 10 quarterback hits by they had two. The defensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think it was bad that said it after the game in the Slack channel. Um, it might have been bad. But whoever it was, this offense is letting such a good defense down like we saw last year. But that, and that's the thing in this game. It was that the offense let the good work of the defense down, and we almost got there. But as we said last week, Washington are a team that you can't take lightly because of their record. They will come at you and they will come at you. And we saw that in, in some of the scores that had going into that game. Um, I have also heard, I also heard this in my workplace from a Giants fan who sat there and told me, well, look, you know, it was a bit of a trap game. I said, it wasn't a trap game. We didn't execute and we had injuries during the game, like a Hayden or whatever, but it's not a trap game. Can we, can we get rid of this trap game nonsense? I am, this irks me up more than the loss. A trap game is, is someone like the Jets who are 0 11 or a 1 uh, 10 Jaguars team. The Washington football team are a pretty good team. Uh, they've, got to, they've got to work out their things on offense, but even then, they still beat us. They beat a great Steelers team. The defense on the D-line, and I want to go back to uh, Ben Roethlisberger, um, I think he should have known on those kind of passes. He's throwing out to his right on the, on the swing route or whatever you call it. Um, but Montez Sweat put his paw up two times before that. So where's the muscle memory in thinking, okay, Sweat's going to put his hand up. So they, I think this, the Steelers, being on the negative side, they're playing a bit too predictable in some circumstances. But even sometimes when they are predictable – if they make those catches, it doesn't matter. So that's why we're sitting it right now because the last two weeks we haven't made those catches. So it's like, but if we do, they're going to they're gonna light them up. And then Juju's running for, you know, a big play or Eron or DJ. And we're not going to worry about it. It's only when they're dropping the ball, in which you can't win a game by dropping the ball, um, is then when we're starting to worry. But to your mate in the office, if he's listening, if he's listening to these podcasts, man, I appreciate you listening to the, the NFL, but that is not a trap game. Washington want to win that division, division, hundred percent. Yeah, and and a couple of a couple of reflections on that. 
number one, if the Jets are a trap game, <laughs> the Jets are like the trap without the without the thing that hits the mouse on it. <laughs> they're like an empty thing, no cheese. Because no hey, after what we saw last <laughs> week, they're letting everything through. Um, but he also raised a really good point with me before the game even started. And he, he, he quoted so, an, another NFL writer on Twitter and sort of said, you know, um, how reliant the Steelers are on having five wide receivers and how reliant the Steelers are on the passing game. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't be anywhere. And I said, well, yeah, fine. But, you know, and, and all their drops basically, and, you know, they were not a good team in the NFL. And I said, cool, but we're 11 and we're 11 and 0. Well, before that stage, I said, imagine if we get it right. Imagine if we get it right. Now it wasn't him was saying it was, it was, it was someone on Twitter, but like, I just thought to myself, you can't sit there and criticize an 11 and 0 team and then say they're playing terrible, and then Maddie, 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 Maddie. Does he want us to play rugby? Does he want us to play rugby league and pass the ball back three or four times in a row? That's a, that's a very silly statement because the reason we are eleven or were eleven and now eleven and one is because we are using five sets, and Ben loves to throw in five sets. So if you say, "Well, you're nothing without that," well, yeah, because that's our offense. That's just the way it is. Yes, we do. We do want us to play a more running. We want to do a more run based. Um, team, which is going to help us out in cold weather and playoffs. But if Big Ben goes out this week and scores um, four touchdowns or three touchdowns and wins the game, then it's another quiet uh, twelve and one, isn't it? So I, I don't see any, any anything wrong like with our offense. Besides, we just have to get that ball moving a tiny bit more, so we're not so predictable. But I like the five wide because it seems to work. Yeah, and. Equally, if we want to throw it to five wide receivers, we will, like you just said. Like, it's not Ben throws with his right arm. He doesn't throw with his left arm. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to do something that you're not good at. Um, yeah, like, you know, it, it is what it is there. But I, I do think it will be interesting to see what the Steelers can do this week. And again, Sco- Dave Schofield, you know, from BTSC, you know, host of the Scobro Show, host of the Stat Geek, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he he put, put a good point in there that I thought was quite practical, and that was around the cold weather. And the fact that Steelers have started dropping the ball in cold weather, they've got younger receivers that don't necessarily... You know, he, he didn't necessarily go this far, but you can see it, is that there's receivers that might not have had all this cold weather experience before. This is the challenge they've got going forward, though, because they're going to Buffalo. You know, they've got Cincy coming up as well. They've got the Colts, which, you know, might not be as cold. Then they're going to face the Browns at home in Week 17. So, you know, these guys have got to get that together. But the biggest challenge, as we'll talk about in Part 2 of the show, is that they're coming up against the Bills this week and it's going to be cold up there. <laughs> we know it's going to be uh, cold. 100%, but it's still cold in Pittsburgh as well. That's right. Uh, I, I think a little bit of this dropping the ball kind of style of football is maybe just a little bit in their head. Because you have seen on... on and, and You can label two players, Ebron and DJ, probably two main culprits that aren't looking the football in. And Tom came out uh, in his press conference and, and just called them out and said, well, if you can't catch it, We'll put somebody else in there. Yep. So this is the, the knee-jerk reaction that we have with this team at the moment. But the scary thing is we did go 11-0 and at one stage and we're playing good football until about the Ravens and then uh, the football team came to town. But now, if we can get things together, it's going to be playoff run football. These players want it. Pouncey's back. Connor's back. There's so many players coming back, even though now we have a few players out as well. So 
it's still a bit of a mix. I'm actually going all over the shop here, but I still think they've got a chance here with the Bills, and I would love nothing more to give the Bills a rain check and say, slow down, guys. We still got this, and we're going to win the, the AFC. <laughs> Previewing part two, Mark. Part <laughs> Sorry, one. We'll have to, we'll have to, that's a quick on pause there. Um, no, I, no, no, I do agree, though. And, and it goes back to where we talk about running the football in this game with the 21 yards. Why the, NFL, the rest of the NFL, whether you're a reporter, a fan of another team, another team's players, another organization, whoever you are, you should be thrilled the Steelers can't run the ball. Imagine if we could run the ball with that with that passing offense, and they they catch a, a you know four out of the six balls they dropped last week and or the, the week before, and then you know six out of the eight that they dropped last week, whatever the order was of those two. Like you know you're going to be down by another ten points both games minimum, and and that's just the passing, not even run the ball. So you know I I don't know why this sentiment keeps throwing around you guys should you know people should shut their mouths and hope that the Steelers don't figure out how to run the ball like if I'm another team exactly. I, but one of the things that I I thought was sort of overlooked which I think made has made Ben feel uncomfortable the last couple of weeks is the play of JC Hassenhauer his play this week was a bit worse than the week before I thought there are a few there are a few hikes that I just I saw the ball coming out and I'm like this is not good if we talk about the mechanics of and the way people are playing, if that ball doesn't come out and Ben doesn't feel comfortable, how is he going to throw it into into where the where the wide receivers are going to be and, and timing? Like it just it flows into that timing. If that's not a clean snap of the football, yeah. and I know that's easy to say, well, you know what, Ben's you know paid twenty five million dollars a year this year, forty one million dollars next year, he should be able to do that regardless. But when we go back to and talk about that, there's no A B. You know, there's potentially a bunch of number two, number two and a half, even one and a half at stretch wide receivers out there, you know, in terms of the class that they are, that's going to be a problem for them. You know, they're not going to necessarily be able to change the route at the last minute. So I think that if we can get Pouncey back this week, and I think he's on track to be back, that will make a massive difference to to the play of the offense. Oh, 100%. Pouncey coming back, and you know Big Ben and Pouncey are like best mates. Exactly. Like, they they are true blue uh, best mates. They want to uh, play for each other, keep each other uh, successful. And, yeah, JC Hassenhauer maybe doesn't have the best few games, but he's a backup. That's what you kind of expect. And, like, we didn't lose by 40 points. We only lost by six. So I think there's a big overreaction of how the Washington team, uh, they beat the Steelers, but, like we said, they're a good team. And we didn't play – we didn't play – like, I believe we lost that game. I don't think that Washington won, if you can put it that way. I believe the Steelers kind of threw it away in certain – well, actually did throw it away with Big Ben's interception. Um, Washington played hard. They played a good They played a good football game. But at the same time, Big Ben in, in that uh, offense had so many opportunities to, to go up by seven or, or two-score lead, and they just didn't. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point that you make, Mark, in that the Steel yeah, the Steelers did lose this game because there are a number of opportunities when you look at it and you go, Well and I mean, let's just start let's just hit the nail on the head. Matthew Wright, field goal. I've seen enough of him even in like some of the, the pre I think they had him in the preseason last year, but I've seen other tape of him. I think he can hit them from further out. I think a lot of us were really upset when he couldn't. And that, that highlighted the fact we can't run the football. I mean, I don't know why we can't give it to De- Derek Watt to do a run up the middle. I, I, I want to see more. I want to see that. He's, he's actually got a bit of pace on him for a fullback. But 
as Dave said in the post game, the reality is, is that he's an NF- he's new to the NFL. It's his first career game. Pittsburgh is an incredibly hard place to kick. And it was probably beyond where he was going to kick based on what they'd seen in the warm-up. So why would you put him in that situation? Like you're less likely to trust what is effectively a rookie kicker in Pittsburgh in the wind versus Ben Roethlisberger fourth and one. Like, you know, m- m- most fans are going to sit there. If, you, if you're playing in a game for your life, you're going to go Ben Roethlisberger. You're not going Matthew oh, yeah. Wright from 40 out. So I think, you know, you, you look at that, the whole thing starts to shift. They're, they're, they've tied the football game. There's a minute on the clock. Does it go to overtime? You would have thought a team like the Steelers could have come home in that and rallied. So, yeah, I just think there's certain pieces of this game that didn't quite work. And, you know, we saw them pick the team apart. Like when Hayden went off with that concussion, they just picked apart secondary. That's it. We had we had uh, Nelson out, Hayden out. We had uh, Spillane out. We had so many players out. So this game isn't just that the Steelers showed up and got beat. There are so many different layers to how they got beat and dropping the ball and the injuries and everything else. So, But I don't want Steelers fans out there to think that Mark and I are making excuses either. You, The team you put out there has to represent the black and gold. It has to represent the black and gold. But yeah. what we want to, what, what I think more we, we were talking about off air before we did the show was that like people just have to have a bit of confidence. Like we are playing with, there are some serious people out on the injury list this year. The fact they got to 11-0 and and the fact that they lost a game by like literally less than a touchdown because of an interception at the end of the game, like after all the different trials and tribulations they had with shifting schedules and, you know, they're about to play their third game in 12 days, there are elements of here to be confident about. Yes, there's elements to worry about when we talk about drop balls, but there's plenty to be confident about. Let's put it this way. So the KC Chiefs, uh, they're just winning games, and they're, they're like 11-1, and one, but they're just winning games by four points. So it's very similar to, I know they're, they're the Mecca and the best team in the NFL. I think I, I'm kind of excited to see them in the playoffs and to see what we can do so we can put uh, shut out the noise and, and, and teach them who's boss because they only just, they only just beat the Raiders on a, on a last-minute play. And what if, what if they didn't? And they're going to be, you know, two losses. So, yeah, it's just, it's only one loss. Um if we were to lose into Buffalo, maybe. But same time, still eleven and two, and you got an, uh, a Bengals team which you should crush. But so, th- sorry, Matt. Yeah, I was gonna say, but you bring up a really good point there, Mark. Like if I like, if I look at the Chiefs this season. Like they beat the Carolina Panthers 33-31. The Panthers played a really good. I actually watched that game. That was that was a good game. Like I, I was surprised they were going to get away with the win there. They beat the Raiders, as you say, by four points a few weeks back. They beat Tampa Bay by three points. They only beat the Broncos, right? Now, yes, the Broncos had a few more guys come back and what have you, by six points. Like, they're not smashing other teams out of the park. And yet we hear we hear this constant feedback of, you know, Kansas City is so far ahead of Pittsburgh. That's what I, that's what I understand. So, Kansas City, yes, you have Mahomes, fantastic. But we have Big Ben. And I know that you could... Um, apples are oranges and they're completely different players. But I trust Big Ben and I trust this uh, offense, organization, and what the Steelers are doing. And it feels like because we had this one loss, now Super Bowl aspirations are all gone. At the same time, though, however, that's a brilliant place to be as a Steelers fan and a Steelers player because now they've got really nothing to lose. you just got to go out there and play. Yeah, exactly. The The... As, as we talked about a few weeks back, that pressure valve has been released a little bit. And equally, 
we got to remember, we are fans of the franchise that went in. Wasn't it eight and eight, one of the Super Bowl runs we had? Like, we were the last team in the playoffs, and we made that run. Like, yeah, that was the um, well, that was the the one that was just. Happening. I'm having a mental yeah. blank. It's been a long, it's been a long Super week. Super Bowl uh, forty. Yes, I was actually watching that today on Seven Mate, one of our channels here. They played um the bus's highlights. God, he was a good player. We need okay. We haven't got the bus, but we need the bus mentality. He was running over everybody. But yeah, it was um Super Bowl forty when they won the last three games. Yeah, um, and it was yeah when we beat the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, that was 43. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm referring to Super Bowl 40 when they won, won the last three games and they were doing it for the bus. They said, like, next game, next game, yep, next game. Yeah, that's right. Yep. We're just going to keep winning. So this is kind of mentality, even though we are 11-1, but a lot of the NFL media now have just said, oh, nah, they're done because of the way how we're playing. But if we beat the Bills, if we beat the Bengals with 13-1, and we still won't get any respect, but I think now the players are going to realize it doesn't matter. Uh, let's, just, let's just show up, and we, we know what we want, and that's that seventh Lombardi. That's it. That's it. That's what we're going for. Mark, before we wrap up part one, any final any final comments about this game? Any Anyone that surprised you? Anyone that disappointed you particularly? Um, you know, we talked a little bit there about wide receivers and the, <laughs> the average rushing attack, but yeah, any any surprises or disappointments? Just two small comments. I like to, I like the play of James Washington, how he's playing uh, yep. with, that, with that touchdown, and also liked how with Snell, and I like to see him more get involved more in the passing game. I think okay. he, runs, he runs some nice routes. He's not the the typical uh, running back receiver where he's, you know, so elusive, but he's, when he gets a ball and he's got a bit of space in him, he can, he can put some power into some people and he's not running through the line. So he's got a bit of a chance to get maybe a breakaway tackle. Uh, I like how he can receive out from out of the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think from, from my perspective, there's a lot made about that pass to Anthony McFarland. I'd be really interested to see how they can use him a bit more. I, I think I saw those couple of passes to James Samuel, Samuels, Jalen Samuels, sorry. Uh, missing, miss, ugh, tongue, tongue twister there, Mark, but uh, mixing a few few receivers there. But like, I would like to see how they can use Anthony McFarlane Jr. a bit more out of that, that backfield passing game. Um, I'm not sure that James, Jalen, Jalen, oh, I did it again. Jalen Samuels is offering a lot there. So, uh, so yeah, um, interested to see how they can work him in. But you're right, Washington, we talk about grandpa strong or country strong. That was a great run. What, what you just said then was an example of how the running game is going at the moment, and they're pretty much getting jumbled over their feet. Uh, I like McFarlane too, and he's got a lot of speed from highlights, but every time you see this bloke run the ball, he doesn't seem to be going anywhere. No. I know he had a good run. He had a good run of about nine yards. I don't know if it's, if it's the transition from college to the NFL, and maybe that's what you see on, on the field now, and you always say the NFL is so much faster, and you can't dink and dunk everywhere. You can't you know, do crazy things on the field. But McFarlane just isn't hitting that that hole. Yeah, and you know what? He might not be getting the holes. If we go back to the offensive line, I didn't see his offensive line last year at Maryland, but, you know, it could be a very different proposition. Um, and, and as I've said with a couple of players this year in, in rookies, like the adjustment of having no off-season, I think we've got to remember the Steelers are... We had a, we've had a very um, critical draft class that have had to fill in some very key positions who have all come through with a very different off season to what anyone generally experience experiences. And, you know, that 
They've stepped. I, I feel like they've stepped up as a unit. But with that, that wraps up part one of the show where we've gone back and we've had a look at you know the the Steelers' first loss of the season against the Washington football team. Yes, WFT. Stay tuned for part two where we preview this week's game against the Bills.